0: Welcome back to Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. I'm Erfan Manji, and as always, I'll be joined by Paige Culver. She's here. She's sitting with me virtually. Um, how are you doing? What's going on?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. How are you on this lovely Sunday?
0: Um it's almost the end of the weekend. I'm kind of sad. But it's a long weekend here in Canada so I get one more day so I'm pretty pumped uh, about
1: yeah. that. Yeah, it's May 24. I forgot it's
0: about May that. May 24 where nothing can be done cuz it's nothing always fun or, except for golfing cuz uh, you know we have the privilege to golf. Yep. There
1: you go. Lockdown except golf.
0: Except golf. How's your weekend going?
1: Uh, pretty good it's sunny here finally it's been raining all week so can't complain it's about um six o'clock here six thirty. so yeah, it's yeah. been a been a good weekend coming to the end of the weekend and you know looking forward to a new week so of course so today's episode sees us covering some of the questions and topics that we had posed to you the listeners and this is what you came back and told us that you wanted so sit back and we will get started right um after this little bit of music
0: Today's starting 11 is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give the Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as we bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and now are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. That's right. We're going to quickly get into our starting 11. Um, The first question that came up uh, from a guest of the show, uh, previous guest of the show, Haley McGoldrick, she said, and she asked, what happens and how is American talent succeeding or not succeeding in Europe? So, Paige, how do we answer this question for her?
1: Well, I think you gotta kind of look at the amount of or lack of Americans that are in Europe. And I mean, there's a couple big names, obviously. Um, but do you think, you know, are Americans staying in the US? Are Americans coming into Europe? Are they gonna come more into Europe? I don't really know. I I am hoping that more will come because I think it broadens the the US on the men's side needs development. The US on the women's side is super dominant. So seeing those American men kind of take on that European culture is I think probably pretty good for their national team Mm -hmm. um I don't know what you think what do you think about because there's a lot of young Americans that are over in Europe right now and and doing pretty well like in the youth uh club levels and even the the top club levels
0: there are I mean there's obviously the the three or four to five that we know because we right. see them all the time. Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Weston McKinney. Um, those are the three that I can quickly think of right now, but there's a bunch around the Bundesliga, the Super League right. in Turkey, um, just names that you don't really see and don't get highlighted until, you know, they score a big goal. And then um, you'll see uh, American fanatics kind of come in and be like, this guy's been great since we've known them, blah blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like a lot of them are succeeding because they're adapting to the European game. Um, And I think that's what we, we like. And I think the other thing that's really cool about a lot of the American players is they're not going to play for big clubs right away. They are transitioning to these big clubs. Like, let's take Kirsten Pulisic, for example. He was at Dortmund first where his development was amazing. And that's why chelsea went and picked them up um i think that's that's gonna happen to gi arena eventually tim Wei, who you know started through the systems in a lot of bigger clubs kind of went to lil now and that's where he's succeeding so i i think for the american uh men's side they're they're doing well if they start at Um, you know not
1: smaller not smaller sides but (laughs)
0: but like clubs that are there for development like teams like RB uh, Salzburg or RB Leipzig with like Taylor Adams over at the Bundesliga or Brendan Arison and the Austrian so like if you're developing there I think we're seeing a lot of these talents coming up but they're just not getting enough credit that they should because they're very good players it's just you know you're looking at Kristen Pulis and NG right now because they're killing it whatever they're doing or they're just bigger names
1: well, so do you think because the men's side is so competitive in Europe, you know, you have, you have, um, you know, your U18s, your U19s, your U17s, like all the way down um, through these like developmental programs. Do you think for Americans to succeed in Europe, they have to come at a younger age to kind of go through those development stages? Or do you think that they can come in at 24, 25 and dominate in, in Europe?
0: No, I I think you have to start young because no offense but if you're coming from the MLS at 24 chances of you being a top player you are a top player don't get me wrong but for you to succeed in Europe when the game is a little bit faster the game is a little bit physical I think you might have a a difficulty transitioning I think you have to start at 12 to 14 to 16 in these development camps and I think that goes for the women's side as well as if you start at a younger age you gain those skills necessary and um I think you've mentioned this a few times before on our podcast as well as now at the Footy Forum, but you look at the development of our players, um, like we, we play a certain style in Canada or in the U.S. And then when you go up to Europe, it's play the game. Let's see how you develop in the game. So that transition, I don't think it's parallel yet. I think we're, we're still ways away from connecting that way. Um, and right. that's why I think for me personally, when I see it, I think the younger, the better is because you develop better. You develop, develop those skills. And then when the U.S. goes to play in the World Cup, they have five or six guys that understand that European game. So they're not blown away um, or outplayed. And and that's not what you want to see. You want to see a competitive game. And
1: right.
0: I'm on a ramble here. But if you take the example of the, the Confederation Cup where the United States played Brazil, they kept Brazil at bay um, right. because these players were playing at high professional levels in Europe and also the MLS with, you know, Clint Dempsey, Linda Donovan, all those big names. So mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they want to knock get you know, pushed around, you got to start young. I don't know. What do you think about this? I mean, you're in that system. You've been in the system. You've kind of gone through four different countries. Is that how important is it to start young? Or do you think that throwing you in the dragon's den or the lion's den at 24 is the way to go?
1: No, I agree. I think it's about the younger development and, and we need, some way in Canada and the U S to bridge the gap between, you know, having these professional leagues and having these developmental programs. So, because, you know, not everybody's got the money to move over to Europe at 12, you know, not everybody's family can do that. So um, I was saying that, especially in Canada, because there's no pro league and they're just developing the pro league on the men's side that for these players that want to go over to Europe, you know, maybe it's possible to connect with a European club And, you know, I know Everton does it in Canada where now you can see the direct relation with that club and the potential to go play professional. So maybe Everton comes here and scouts the younger kids in these developmental programs and then we'll bring them over, you know, maybe helping cover some of those fees, things like that. So I think it's about the younger development, unfortunately. Because I agree with you, you can't just go over at twenty four and go to Europe and hope you're gonna dominate because that's not the case. You know, it's a culture in Europe. It's it's something that you're you start at four and mm-hmm. you know, you're developing through the same club consistently and you can see that the there's a very good pro level. So I agree. I think it has to come through the younger, younger development, but you know, it's just a matter of how do you do that? And how do you, how do you get those opportunities to those kids that, you know, not everybody can just go to Europe and and play. Right.
0: So do we start talking about bigger clubs, creating more academies in North America, in South America, in Africa, because to me, that's where that gap lies is you're, you're creating the TFC Academy, which is one of the best in, in North America, for example, but is it the same level as an Everton or a Southampton or a Celtic or a Borussia Dortmund academy that you see killing it in in Europe? Like, is there there is some differences in in terms of for levels. sure,
1: for sure. And I think I think you know you're kind of naive to say that MLS is the same level as the EPL or you know the the Bundesliga or something like that. I, yeah. I don't think they're there yet, and I. I think that like we've kind of said it's bridging that gap it's mm-hmm. it's bringing those big clubs from Europe and bringing that culture into North America whether it be in the US or Canada it's it's bringing the style and the culture and the drive and the scouting just for them to have these academies or these clubs that are closely related to the professional side. It also helps the club because now you can scout everywhere in the world. It's not, you're, you're not mm-hmm. just looking, you know, in, in Europe or in the UK, you know, you, you give opportunities, like you said, in Africa or in Australia or mm-hmm. in North America and South America. So um, I think it helps the club too, to expand and and get the younger talent before any el- but he else notices the younger
0: talent of course and I start to think of the RB the Red Bull sort of esque uh, connection or like the, if he had connection where you know City have partnerships with uh, an MLS team for example right mm-hmm. and then RB has Salzburg and Leipzig so do we start seeing something like that where I guess Manchester United starts to pair or their sponsors sponsors another team the mls and that's how they create the academy and then you sort of connect that way because i because you mean you see a lot of lateral movement between salzburg and leipzig and then leipzig to feeds right. it to to bayern but they still make that money back into the system um do we start seeing stuff like that where it's sponsors like the emirates for example start um connecting clubs together and then you start creating networks that way and then you can just pass along players so you're I mean, you're not recycling them, but at least you're 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 creating a mindset that's the same from the best in the world right. to the bottom. And again, that's no dis- disrespect to the MLS. I still think they're, they're ways away from being considered one of the better leagues in the world. And they're, it's not that they're bad or they're poor. It's just, I mean, when you see the EPL or you see La Liga or the Bundesliga, et cetera, et cetera, there's a little bit of a difference in playing style and, and, and playing compete levels.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you kind of already start to see it on the women's side. Like you have... Um, OL Rain in the U.S. and Olympic Lyon are sister clubs, right? Yeah. And you've just seen them now. Like you said, there's that lateral movement. You see a lot of trade. You see it now, too, this or for the next season, you have like three or four major Lyon players that are now going to go play for, for Rain. So, you know, it's like we're talking about. It's bridging those gaps, making those sponsors sponsor the same uh, lower or lesser developed club and mm-hmm. and putting it together and and you know i think it's cool and i think it gives you opportunities in different countries and and like i was saying before you know not everybody's got the money to go do that so if you now you have these sponsors you can do it in your own country and potent, have the potential and the opportunity to work with these bigger clubs and these bigger coaches so it's kind of interesting i mean it's a thought it's it's We'll have to see what, what goes there. Mm-hmm,
0: for sure. No, I agree with you. I think uh, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, we're not dissing the MLS in any way, shape, or form. It's just uh, they are the highest level of football in North America. It's just, I mean, if you're trying to get that sort of not get destroyed at the World Cup, because the Canadian, the Canadian team hasn't made the World Cup in forever. And and how do we bridge that gap there as well, right? Like, how do you keep, keep it the same and not get outplayed?
1: You also see this problem where now especially for north americans a lot of north americans have other passports you can go play in other countries and now you're seeing this on the big stage too where if you're not getting chosen for your national team you're going to use your second passport and maybe go play for a different national team because you want to play at the highest level that you possibly can and we're seeing it with major names now on the men's side (coughs) city and (laughs) you know and you get a lot of flack for that for for you know but you're as a soccer player, you're just trying to play at the highest possible level that somebody's going to give you the opportunity to play at. And and you know, I don't know how you feel about that. What what do you think if if you have the opportunity to play for you know you have two nationalities and you're trying to choose what what are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, why don't we segue right into a player yeah. in that in that <laughs> in that situation, Americ uh, Laporte, who is French, um, but now is going to play for the Spain national team because he just doesn't get picked for the the right. French national team which i think is is ludicrous because he's one of the best defenders in the world but i mean i agree with that i mean i was at sydney larue for canada Canada, Um, yeah yeah. she's canadian but she decided to play for the american team a because her development would have been better b i don't think she would have fit into the canadian system when she started i I don't think it would have worked out so i'm okay with that but i also don't like don't disrespect the country that you that's all i'm saying as long as you're not disrespecting because i know fans are pissed off and then she had a little a tiff with them and whatnot but um i'm not saying whose fault it is or anything like that but i'm just saying that um if you have the opportunity to play and you want to play and you want to develop your game play for the country you want to play for i mean there's a bunch of players that have dual citizenships like there's one player i keep forgetting his name but he has a jamaican passport but he also has an uh, an english passport. so he's like well i'll go play for the jamaican team and then i'm allowed to switch back and forth because of where i'm at and right you can do that if you want like i'm okay with it i mean you you actually play the game so let's say for you you have an english passport. page are you willing to play for the english national team or would you still want to play for canada
1: i mean i i want to represent the country that i have grown up in ideally, but if I'm never going to get that opportunity and you have to be realistic at this point too, you know, if, if, you know, you're 25, 26 or whatever, and, and you're not getting any looks by the national team by Canada, for example, for me, Mm. yeah, I would consider going to play for another country. You see Canadians do it all the time because many Canadians have dual citizenship because of their parents or their grandparents. And I have a lot of friends who I played with who played for Jamaica or Romania or, or, you know, went to England to play just because Canada wasn't giving them the look. And it's unfortunate because I think like Sydney LaRue, you lose a lot of talent. And, you know, like I said at the end of the day, like these players just want to play at the highest possible level. And that's your national team. That's the national level playing mm-hmm. against the best in the world. So I can't fault anybody for saying, okay, this country's not gonna give him, giving me an opportunity. I'm gonna go play for this country that will give me the opportunity. And I don't know what your thoughts on are on Laporte trying to play for or potentially playing for Spain because, you know, I've been on Twitter and stuff seeing a lot of, like, people are giving him a lot of hate, you know, like, oh, now you can choose what country you're from. Now you get to pick. Like, he just I, wants we, the opportunity.
0: To be fair, Didier Deschamps is not giving him the opportunity. No. Play. I think he has, like, two or three caps, not even. And, and they're meaningless games. And he sits on the bench or something like that. It's ridiculous. Um,
1: and he's had a stellar season. Like, <laughs>
0: They're worried about his injuries, but why would you, Kay- Kaylee? Let me picture this. Let me ask you this. Okay, how is Linglet getting chosen over Laporte? No offense, like he was fine, but like he's an he was upgrade. fine. He was, he was average. An... <laughs> he's an up. I still think I would take an injured Samuel titty over for Linglet. sure.
1: Like I, I think you know, yeah. But I'm not a coach. I don't see what this coach sees. I don't know what his his plan is. And you know, we've said this before. You know, every coach sees something different. But I think in this case, you know, okay, you're worried about injury. But if the player is just better, is that much better? And uh, maybe it's know, the like, system. Maybe it's the fact the that yeah. maybe
0: the fact that if you have a guy like Rafael Veron, you're worried that Laporte takes away his his dominance in the air, but it's like, well, don't you want two really good ball moving defenders that understand the game, that understand how to how to play under pressure? Um I I don't know. Like I if you're playing at the national level, especially for the Euros, you gotta pick your best players. And right um, you know, Kempembe, good for him for getting that pick, but I'm still looking at Ling or Kurt Zuma. And and don't get me wrong, I think he's a good player, but he's still ways away from being such a top player.
1: Well, and they just picked Benzema back in the French national team too, which it is did. like a huge – I mean, for me, I think he should have been there. You know, it's been, what, five five years since he's been chosen yeah. to be in the national squad. So, yeah. again, it j- just depends on the coach and what his his plan is and what he sees. But, uh, again, I, I don't see it. I don't
0: – I don't understand it. I mean, you have a guy like Moussa Sissoko who's had – a very good time the last couple of years as well like i'm just showing him as an example he didn't have a good year this year but he's in the national squad when there's you know you can bring in nabil fakir if you want if for that little depth but again there's so much talent on this french team so i understand why there's so many players being left out but um i i you know i support laporte go for it go play Me with too. the go play with the the spanish team and if uh, jared pk still playing then Kudos to you! You get to play with one of the best defenders of the last twenty. No, D-K's years he's
1: done. He's retired. Is he, is
0: he not playing for the Spanish team?
1: No, he's retired from. I think he's been retired since like twenty eighteen. Never mind. I don't
0: know who the the defender is for <laughs> Spain. Let me let me find this. Um,
1: Ramos is still there though, so I mean, but
0: like, still, you're getting you're getting Ramos over Rafael Varane, so one Real Madrid player for another one, basically. Right. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm just. I, I don't think he should get flack for it. I think the person who should get flack for it is Dieter Deschamps. You're missing out yeah, on a fantastic player.
1: And if he goes, if the port goes to Spain and is successful and does well, you know, he's going to be kicking himself saying, Oh, I should have picked this player. I, I, you know, whatever, but I hope he goes there and is successful and kind of says like, screw you for not choosing me. This is why you mm-hmm. should have chosen me. And And now I'm, doing well and being successful so i mean i'm for it i don't think fans need to shut up you have no <laughs> idea like <laughs> again yes. this guy he's trying to i get it they're they're saying you know oh he's he's choosing spain over france he's not truly french he you know it's a pride thing he's but not no, choosing, no. I, he's he's choosing football he wants to play he wants to play at the highest level so at some point you need to take that
0: he, he's, he's just getting um, he's just getting excluded from an already very good French squad right. um, which is sad but hey if you get to play with Sergio Ramos go for it if you get to play with uh, <laughs> Lorente go for it if you get to play in front of David De Gea for example well why not you have one of the best teams in the world and I think he brings that pace and that young skill that I think Spain's been missing since they last won the Euros.
1: Well, I'm just reading a, a quote here and and um, Laporte was saying that he spoke with French coach in brackets yeah. um, about coming back for Les Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he's trying to show that he has the qualities to make the French national team. But if you're still not getting picked, you know, you're not wrong to look at other opportunities. No, so
0: I don't disagree with you on that. And since we're on the Euro teams, why don't we take a look at... Um, a couple of teams that were announced and um, <clears throat> I don't think England's been announced just yet. So that's no. going to be a massive ha- head scratcher about who's your right back. So I want to ask you this, who is England's right back for the Euros?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Who did they have playing in their, in their friendlies? Let me look. Uh,
0: Karen Trippier, Reese James, Kyle Walker, Trent Alexander, and Wait, Aaron was- Basaka.
1: <clears throat> okay i'm not a kyle walker fan do i think he's a quality player yes am i a fan no partially because he plays for city but <laughs> that's the <laughs> reason i'm gonna see i just want to see who they because what are teams choosing are they choosing a roster of 26 Six for now? 26 for now no. oh boy oh boy oh boy
0: oh yeah it's, it's okay
1: it's, well my okay my question who do you pick as a goalkeeper for England for England
0: Uh, anybody not named Jordan
1: Pickford. I was just gonna say that
0: (laughs) and and that's no disrespect to Jordan I I think he's a very good left-footed no I don't think he's been very good the last two years I'm sorry but um Nick Pope just pulled up with an injury so he might not start um you have a guy named Jack Buckland if you want him to play or butland sorry um or if you have Dean Henderson I think you go younger I don't I don't think Jordan Pickford should be should be I I
1: I like Henderson and I like Pope I think they've been good this season and I mean those would be my two I don't know who you're going to throw in as a third
0: they'll probably have Jordan Pickford there for his experience and and that's fine I don't have an issue with that but I I, I do think that you need to change your keeping because I don't think England's had a true number one for a very long time and I'm going all the way back to David Seaman early 2000s sorry but if you have a guy by the name of Robinson or David James that led in howlers True. And then Jordan Pickford wasn't poor in the World Cup. Uh, I don't mean any disrespect there, but I, I still don't think he's been the guy that you can safely say that he's going to make a big save when you need him to make a big save. And neither is Nick Pope or Dean Anderson, but at least I'd give him a shot at this uh, at right. this juncture. Right.
1: And, okay, so why are we talking defense now?
0: Yeah, who's your right back? Mm. I'm not taking Basaka if I'm Garrett Southgate, and that's no disrespect to him. I just think there's, in a Euro, in a short sample, yes, you need defending, but you also need a player that can generate something from the right side. Well,
1: yeah, and I, mm, I don't want Shaw in there either, just because I'm You
0: don't not- want him as a left back?
1: No. He's had a
0: fantastic year. I know,
1: but I have never been a Shaw fan, I know, I know. United fans are going to come for me. because So he Ben Chauville, does Ben will
0: start for you? Yeah.
1: I think if we're if we're making a list, I think he's on my starting 11 at this point. Fair I also enough. don't want McGuire in there though as a central defender, but and he's a United player too, and he's had a fairly good season minus this injury right now. But so who starts? God, that's a good question. I, I know who I want. John Stones. <laughs> no, John I don't Stones. Like Stones either. Ugh. Does United I, ha- or t- not United? Does Does England have a central def? Does England have a backline? No.
0: Tyrone Mings. No, he's too young. He needs more experience. I think he's, he's like mid twenties, isn't he? He's, he's he, hold on, Is he? he's old. Yeah, he's. I'm sorry, he's not. I thought old. he was like
1: eighteen. Maybe I'm wrong. No, he's
0: 28.
1: He's 28. Stop. He's 28.
0: He's 28. Revelations wow. here on Touchline Plus. <laughs> Why?
1: <laughs> Why did I? I thought he was like eighteen.
0: Well, no, he's been around the the league for quite some time. He just doesn't get his opportunity, and he's yeah. Just that must well. be it.
1: That must be it who's the, no there was another um what's
0: his name there's connor cody there's john oh. stones there's no i uh, tamori michael Keane, james tarkarski we don't oh have, i was
1: thinking reese james not um
0: reese james is a right back
1: yeah yeah but i was thinking um because he's young is he not
0: reese james yeah reese james is
1: yeah okay know. i confused them my bad sorry no,
0: that's okay. joe gomez but joe gomez hasn't been healthy
1: I mean, I think you you throw Kyle Walker in there for sure. I think Shaw's got to be maybe on the left side.
0: Kyle Walker is a center back. What do you think about that? When they played a back five, it worked.
1: Do you no, give them I, I, because a back five functions totally different from a back four, and I don't right. think he's composed or or because central defenders have to be like in the best position possible all the time, right? And I think he. He likes to attack and he likes to to
0: He has the pace to come back on defense, does he not?
1: He does, but I think I think you know he needs a little bit more composure. You can't go up, make a mistake, and then hope the rest of the back is gonna cover for you, you know. Whereas on the wing, I think there's a little bit or not on the wing, on the as a fullback, there's a little bit more. You're you're less exposed there because you have your three that can shift in. You have a midfielder right. coming back. If you're running up straight through the middle, it's coming right back through the middle. So I think you need someone with a little bit more composure, a little bit more patience. Okay. Like,
0: so let's let's assume that England is going to go with their World Cup sort of approach with the back five, um, well, middle uh, three center defenders, and then two wing backs. Okay. Um, then then I think Kyle Walker sh- slots into a center back role, sure. which gives you the opportunity to have Reese James or how is Trent Alexander Arnold not on Southgate's radio I was
1: I was just thinking that I'm looking at their roster from the last like friendlies and stuff like that.
0: He's he may not be the best defender. I think Reese James is the overall best right back for England. I don't think it's Kieran Trippier. I don't think it's uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. But if you want a dynamic with let's say Chilwell and and Arnold on your wings to yeah. go up and down, I think they're probably your best options. And it, it shouldn't be the best player in that position. It's the best player for your for your formation. That's probably yeah. what Didier Deschamps did with Laporte. Going back to that conversation, but.
1: Right. And like we're saying, I guess it kind of depends what formation they want to do. If they're going to do a back three or back five, you're going to have players moving into different positions. And, and I think that opens up opportunities for other players. Where if you're playing with, you know, a traditional back four, you're probably going to go like Maguire, Stone, Shaw, and, uh, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Uh, Kyle Walker. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know if England could do it back five
0: it worked you know,
1: I, yeah i don't know
0: i they were exposed uh versus uh versus croatia
1: yeah but i think that's the problem you play you play super technical teams like spain or somebody for example and i think they're just gonna break break that up and then i if you're sitting with a five you're not getting the attack i know i know the two flanks run can go up and that's the purpose of a back five. But I feel like England's just gonna end up sitting there, you know, and and not necessarily getting
0: they're gonna be statues if they can't. I think a four four two might be or anything with a back four, not a four, four four two. But it might give them a bit of mobility, especially when you have Declan Rice in the middle with maybe sure. maybe Jordan Henderson, maybe Oxley Chamberlain maybe, off maybe, the bench. Yeah. There's a lot of maybes with this team and I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how they sort of um build our team um another team that uh, released was germany uh thomas muller i believe germany did at least that's what i keep reading but thomas muller might be back called back into into the germany squad what do you make of uh, joachim love's last major tournament before Hansi flick takes over um are they are they done and dusted or is, is this germany squad gonna piss some teams off
1: um i wouldn't count Germany out because i mean they have such a good reputation overall you know their history as as a country coming out and being successful at world cups and big tournaments like that I, you can't count them out you can't say oh that's they're done they're they're old they're getting retired things like that um i think they lack youth coming through and i think they rely a lot on their Experience. their older players. Yeah, they're experienced. They have so, a lot
0: of fantastic youth though. Jamal Musiala, uh Kenzie Coleman. Like they have very good players. It's just how are they using them? Because they're just relying they on they're they're just relying on, and that's every coach's <laughs> worst nightmare's. How am I using my player? Am I is it gonna be effective or not? But this continue, sorry.
1: Um what are your thoughts on Germany?
0: They're old. Is what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I think I think as good as Joachim Lo has been, um, it, it's time for a change, and I think you know Hansa Flick might bring that, uh, bring bring a little bit of that pace, a little bit of a different style yeah. of play. Um, you're gonna see Germany with a higher backline, which. Um, may not work against the smaller, uh, not the smaller team, but like the counteract, uh, attacking teams. But right. it it seemed to work. So I'm I'm curious to see that next transition for Germany. Less so their performance at Euro because I don't have them winning. I I think uh, your favorites have to be France. Um, I think England is a favorite once we see what their squad comes out as. Um, I mean Portugal is also going to be a favorite because you can't count out Ronaldo. But I'm I'm uh, I'm just curious to see that part of it.
1: I, I think it would be interesting, and like we're, we're saying, Germany's kind of getting old, and I think they're relying too much on experience, and I think eventually the teams that have been filtering the, the younger players through are going to be the successful squads, and And I hope England does that, filter some of these younger players through. I, you know, France is bringing in a couple, you know, but they've got also some of their older players, so I, I think it's about having that mix, and, and like we've been talking about, using the players effectively, you know, every coach's worst nightmare. Yeah, for sure. Who else announced their squad? Croatia, I think,
0: announced their squad. Croatia, yeah, so, yeah. A lot of uh, outlets are calling it the Euro 2020 squads, and right. it's confusing me while I look for it. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think the next couple of weeks we'll see Italy. I think Italy already has their squad. Um, uh, Roberto Mancini's going to bring a very smart defensive team that knows how to score on the counter. Always. So. Always, that's what that's it is. That's the
1: but... that's the Italian style. Defend like your life depends on it, and then score on a counter.
0: I'm just I'm just low key worried if he brings in uh, Mario Balotelli, to lead his attack. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, but don't say that. But I think Italy has a very good um, table for the Euros. They'll play Turkey, Switzerland, and mm-hmm. Wales. I think I think they can easily come out of this and and single handedly come out of this. But we'll, well see. I think their happens.
1: toughest match is Switzerland, but.
0: No, I think Turkey no, might be their turf. Turkey might be good,
1: actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I, I think I think they should win these games. Um, Wales has uh, Bale, and Bale might just want to play golf at the end of it. And don't know if we'll get anything from it. But they, I think they had a provisional squad named to 33 players. So he's going to cut that down eventually. But um, some very fast, smart players uh, on the Italian side. Uh, watch out for Moises Keane, I think. If you're, if you're, if you're <laughs> yeah. Italian fans watching for Moises Keane, he's, he's coming to his own over at PSG and I think you should stay there. I think uh, it's an opportunity.
1: But, yeah, so, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Do you want to move on to our next topic? This was actually a question that I asked. I don't know if it's, um, if I'm allowed to do that, but I asked anyways, <laughs> uh, where does Harry Kane end up?
1: What is your prediction? That's what I want to know first.
0: My prediction? Well, I'm yeah. leaning towards a PSG or a Bayern sort of team and not him staying in the EPL. Why? I pro- Why do I think this? I think yeah. I think he would fit really well for, for PSG, uh, first off, because you have a wing where your supply is Di Maria, Neymar, Kylian Mbappe, Moises Keane. Uh, Marco Cardi if he stays you have uh, Marco Verratti down the middle like I'm listing their lineup and I probably shouldn't do this but like they, they have players with enough skill to take away defenders and leave Harry Kane open where he doesn't have to do all the work if you've seen what he's done with Spurs in his entire career he comes so far deep to pick up these players that He's just burning himself out. So by 60 right. minutes, Harry Kane doesn't exist in the game because he's doing so much of the work. And and that's not a fault of his. I think it's the fault of the coaches he's had and or right. the mid the lack of midfield he has. And there's no issue with that with PSG's ability to move that ball quickly to their star players and leave Harry Kane open, which I think he's gonna score like 50 goals in a season because of that. Um, same thing in Bayern. Uh you see Lewandowski scoring goals like it's candy and just eating away defenders um he's gonna do the same thing and I think he has the ability to to get more than 41 goals that the new record that was broken by Lewandowski um and when you have a supply and and someone in the the midfield like Joshua Kimmich who does all the work for you you don't have to come back and get the ball um
1: yeah you kind of sit and do his job you know (laughs) yeah And and
0: the thing is it might be the lazy move to move to these clubs but I also think it's good for his career to get him to score and to get him to be a true target striker and not someone who needs to be so mobile. Yes, he's going to be mobile. That's what Lewandowski does. He does come and receive, but he also gets the he gets the ball. He gets the feed. He gets the right. play. They try and give him the ball. Um, but imagine having Lewandowski and Harry Kane running your attack and you're like, hey, who do I cover?
1: Yeah. Oh, nightmare. That's what oh, I was thanks. thinking.
0: <laughs> Same thing with PSG. It's like, okay, well, do we do we get our center back to pick up Harry Kane or do we get everyone else to pick up their other players? You're going to leave someone open. And then yeah, it's yeah, just going to be an of embar- embarrassment be of riches. Uh, do you think he ends up out of England or does he stay in England?
1: I think he stays in England. I I think there's some big from rumors there's some big clubs interested in picking up i've heard chelsea's making or not chelsea uh, man city's making offers i've heard united's gonna try and make a big offer chelsea
0: made an offer a potential chelsea, offer potential with,
1: offer Kate, okay,
0: do you want to read what the offer could be ready okay. keppa and or tammy abraham and cash for harry Kane.
1: cash <laughs> oh, no. uh Thanks.
0: they're so giving they're serious when you throw Kepa into any deal, are yeah. you really serious? Oh. <laughs> um, so I don't think he's going to Chelsea. Um, as as fun uh, as I, that I, might be, I don't think he's going there. Uh, no,
1: but I could see him looking at uh City. Yep. I don't see him coming to United. I don't think that's that's on his radar. But I I think United can. Well, yeah, I think United could use him. I mean, we could use anybody, but.
0: We need defense.
1: (laughs) I know we don't need we don't need strikers. I know. I I read something that United's looking for all strikers in the offseason. Why are we looking for nines? We need defenders and
0: we need a solid five.
1: Yeah. Anyways, but I, I could see him if City makes a good enough offer. I think he's staying in the Premier League. I I think it's what he knows and I would like to see him like you, you talked about going to these other leagues and these other clubs and branching out and and you know being able to to sit as a true nine or I don't to know, UV. I think-
0: <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> him go to Juve <laughs> they send Alvaro Morata back the other way and then yeah,
1: fat chance.
0: <laughs> Juve can't afford them. Um, no,
1: Juve has no money right now. They're still in the in the Super, Super League. Yeah, league trying are. to get money. So mm-hmm.
0: he. The interesting comments, though, from De Brena, uh not Debrena, from Harry Kane about DeBrena being one of the best serviced midfielders. The ability to get a ball from him just excites Harry Kane, and I don't know um, if that's what's going to happen. But there was also something on Sky Sports. I was listening to Sky Sports News the other day as well, where. Harry Kane made this decision, but they're also thinking that he knows where he's going because he's not going to randomly toss in a transfer market right. uh, um, and, and not have uh, a, a potential landing spot and, and get his legs tied between his tail or whatever that saying is. Yeah, I, but <laughs> tail
1: between his legs. Yeah. That,
0: um, but <laughs> I don't know if he goes to any England club at City, I think. I, I don't think I don't think that's where he should end up. I really think PSG would be a fantastic place for him to to get his confidence back. And I think if he can score fifty goals a season, that England squad for the next World Cup is gonna be so nasty.
1: Oh yeah, because it's we've talked about this before, it's momentum. And as a striker, you need momentum, you need confidence, you need ego. So, like you said, he's kind of lacking that at Tottenham right now because he's not getting the service. He's doing a lot of the work. You see him at 80, 90 minutes gassed. So I mean, it would be interesting to see him at at PSG. I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to go to City. I think he's staying in in England. But I mean, we'll see what happens, right? Well, he
0: he wants a world class coach as well. And
1: it,
0: Pep, Pep Pochettino. I'm um, imagining re- reconnecting with Poch. I think that would be good for his career as well. Yeah. Um, I think I'm onto something, but I'm probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my gosh! All right, Fun so then. today's starting eleven is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give Shenzi Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as they bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area, and we will catch you right after this break.
0: Hey guys, it's producer Jake here from Betting House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast. Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and of course, picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials, at Betting House Pod, where you can catch all our bets each week, as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich. Come join me, Kelton Forrest, on the On The Mic College Basketball Podcast, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network, where we talk everything from my disdain for Duke basketball to my love for Kentucky and John Calipari, and everything in between. Check us out under the Shows tab at garagedoorsports.com and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, guys. I'm Gabe Ferraro. And I'm Logan Lockhart from Between the Uprights on the Garage Door Sports Network. We cover everything football from NFL, CFL, and all off-season storylines. We make our weekly picks during the season and cover every headline in the off-season. Check us out on the Shows tab at garagedoorsports.com for our weekly episodes.
1: All right everybody, we're back from the break and why don't we get into our women's leagues and the tables and where all the the girls are currently sitting and if we're surprised by any of this. Yeah, of why course. Don't you
0: start? We'll start in the Syria cuz I think Syria? Yeah, a uh, great article by let me just say her name to give her that credit, Emily Wilson at One Football. Uh, did a great job summarizing I think the top leagues in, around Europe. I know the FAW is over, so she didn't include them or they didn't include them. Not sure of their pronouns, but um, they, they did a fantastic job with, um, with summarizing the leagues in, in Italy, Spain, Germany, um, and the Bundesliga, the Thru and Bundesliga. Uh, so why don't we start at the Syria A women's. Um, Juve have 66 points and have not lost the season except for the Champions League. Um, I think I posed this question to you is you played in this league. Who like, is this indicative of how the, the the games should be played at new base, the best team in the women's league, or are there other teams that are just as good? Just haven't had a good year.
1: Um, When I was there, I mean, Roma was very good. Fiorentina was very good. Um, uh, AC Milan was very good. So you know, maybe, I don't know if things, COVID issues, you know, Italy was supposed to be a considered a professional league this season, but because of COVID, they have to wait until the next two seasons to now become this professional league. So I don't know if they've lost a lot of like momentum and stamina. And I mean, Juve's got money, right? They just pump money through. When I was there, I mean, Juve's good. You, don't get me wrong. That's the Italian, you're looking at the Italian national team there, right? I think they have an unbelievable coach. She's fantastic and I think she, Beaving as well.
0: she's leaving as well
1: leaving yes Dear lord yeah okay. but she's a fantastic coach and and I think Juve do deserve to have the season they had I don't think they did that well um in their Champions League showings mm-hmm. um in my opinion I think you know I think it showed the level is not quite there in the Italian league yet to compete with these these top teams from around the world. Um, I, th- I think the league needs to grow and to be more competitive, but I mean, Juve's dominant and they have the money and they have the players to do that, so I think it's it's correct that they won the league, you know.
0: I'm going to quickly sidestep away from the league for just a second and reel me back in when I'm done. Could Rita Garino come coach Manchester United women's side?
1: That would Interesting. That would be so interesting. She's been at Uwe what five years.
0: Well, she's won everything with them except for yeah. the Champions League. So does, does she bring that level of I know how to win to to United and allow for the fact that Arsenal, City, and Chelsea cannot finish above us because she's not used to finishing second. No,
1: she's a winner. She's right? she's a champion. And
0: ooh, I get goosebumps. This would be so nice. Oh, that
1: would be nice. And oh if, if, if
0: if if Tobin uh, Heath uh, and Christian Press, stick, Press. Around, stick around. My lord, is she gonna that? That could be a day. way for them to, to stick around for and and to still a there. Coach's
1: dream, too. Oh, you know? okay. Oh, chills. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that
0: maybe in the offseason if it happens or not. But back to the, the Italian league. Uh, let us know what you think if that's a good coaching choice for United. I have like goosebumps because I think it'll be. Fantastic. I'm so excited. Uh, I
1: think we predicted the future. <laughs> um, I hope so. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, no, the Italian league, they like I'm just looking at UVA stats here, they're 22 0 0 they have 75 goals for 10 against they're they're running away with this like i don't see this going anywhere else but i'm i'm quite surprised like you've said and and you've played there is milan is so far behind fiorentina is so far behind roma that behind uh inter that behind and your former club arises in last but
1: yeah, well, they're getting relegated <laughs> broken heart but, <laughs> but i mean okay so the thing about these Italian teams is, like, Inter's a big name, but this is their, I think, second year playing in Serie A. Mm-hmm. They were in Serie B before. Milan, AC Milan is also a big name, but they're not bringing in – they're not pumping in the quality of players to be competitive. Yes, they have the money, but they don't attract those players, and they're going to have to find a way to be more competitive because they have very successful men's side, and and typically that's indicative of how the women's side is going to do is, is – you know, the, the more success the men's side have, the more money they pump in, the more success the women's side has, right? So yeah, I, I would like to see it be become a more competitive league because it, it was a really fun league to play in. Like the Italian league is super fun and, you know, it's it's gritty and it's competitive and it's, you know, they're known for their defense, right? And as a defender, mm-hmm. that's, you know, a dream to be in Italy playing defense. So I would like to see it be more competitive. I think I'm kind of getting sick of Juve, Juve, Juve. So you know if these romas and ac milan and inter can can you know make it a little bit more competitive i think that would be exciting for the next season yeah no
0: i, I don't think that's incorrect um let's yeah. move on to another league uh why don't you take your pick of this one
1: um what do you think about um the the france race psg taking over my for...
0: word what a, it's one of i think it's the second tightest or is it the the, the tightest cuz the bayern Yes, yeah, it's, it's the it's the tightest race. The just, tightest, yeah. Yeah, which to me, you look at their records, and I'm going to put players aside, but look at their records. So the only difference between these two sides is a loss for Lyon against,
1: against PSG, right?
0: And they're playing in a week's time.
1: Mm, yeah. So that's yeah, going to next week
0: next sunday on the 30th i believe so i think whoever comes out of this one obviously because it's common sense but is gonna win the league because at yeah. that point with the record and and no offense to anyone else in your in your league here there's two best teams by far oh yeah and you, the you second, can't catch them it's literally paris Lyon, and then you go down and it's bordeaux, bordeaux. and then it's everybody else i think yeah. um uh, if the viewers saw that i was just doing increments but uh <laughs> I hope it gets decided because it's time for a change. I think Leon hasn't been Leon this year, um, which is just weird to say, but it hasn't. Um, Do you
1: think that the coaching change was necessary?
0: No, no. And I told you this last time too. No, I don't think so. I think give him the rest of the year. Um, give him the, let him finish off. Give him another year because I think COVID injuries, the, the yep. situation that we're in, but the manager that they've brought in isn't, a bad decision either because she understands or they understand the culture at Lyon. So that's okay. But is there going to be a drop-off? Probably. I think it's going to be, I think Bordeaux might be able to catch Lyon next year. If that, if they don't play well. I think Bordeaux could um, if Lyon doesn't, um, doesn't improve. Um, But I mean, it's still Paris. And and they're also
1: losing quite a few players, quite a few important players. They're losing their starting
0: keeper which yeah. i don't know what that means for them they're losing they've lost lucy bronze in the last year i think that's been a huge they're issue losing in
1: a- Les Sommers, which is their starting midfielder yeah.
0: yeah they're losing a lot of national
1: players. team captain she's an important player so
0: yeah what do you make of this do you like this coaching change i know you you said that last week a little bit but
1: i i agree with you i don't think it was maybe necessary. I'm not mad about it because I think, like you said, she knows the culture and it's always good to bring in a female coach and, but there's going to be a transition period. And, you know, if they lull in that transition period, she's going to take the blame of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I liked the coaching style before I, I liked him as a coach. I, you know, just seeing him, you know, on the field and interacting and things like that. I, I thought they were very successful. Again, I don't know why the coaching change was made. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see what she does with the team and, and how she develops the team and what her vision for the team is. So we'll see. I guess next season will be more, a better indication of what um, she's going to do moving forward.
0: I really think she should go get uh, Midima from Arsenal. I'm just saying. I think that would be so <laughs> good. I think... Because Nikita Paris is her leading goal scorer this year at 11 goals.
1: Right. Okay.
0: The other two... One of them is for Bordeaux. Katija monifa Shah. So Bunny Shah has twenty-one goals. Um, Shah's where, leaving, though. She where's she going?
1: She's going to City.
0: Bele, look at that. Um, and then uh, Katoto is leading Paris with twenty-one goals. Um, I'm sorry, but Nikita Paris on a team that is as good as Lyon, you cannot have eleven goals. And that's that's probably why they don't also have the Hedberg there. So she comes yeah. back, then you toss in Vive Minima, and you are looking at, I think, a better you. Uh, not a better, better Lyon side going right. into it. So I'm predicting that it's not going to happen, but I think it'd be great. I really do think it's going to be great. Um,
1: well, and I think for next season they're also going to be missing. I her name escapes me, but the girl from Iceland, she's pregnant, and so she will probably be out for at least half of the next season for Lyon. Yeah, and she's yeah. really good, such a dominating midfield player. Um so I think that will hurt them a little bit too, but like you said, I mean if they're bringing in forwards, it's going to be You're right, Nikita Paris needs to be scoring more. I also she hasn't been she hasn't played every single game. She's not playing all the minutes. So Right. You know, I think that hurts her a little bit too, but they're also losing um the Japanese girl in the midfield. She's going to Bayern.
0: Uh Kumagai
1: kumagai yeah so there's a lot of movement in the team so it's gonna be super interesting to see what the new coach does
0: you know what i I think what you said last time was we're starting to see a change yeah um which is great because i I think you know dominance of 10 years 20 years um it's time for a change and we're seeing that in england we're seeing that in, in 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 um france now so um yeah okay so you're in this league who wins this who wins this cup now
1: um, I would like to see PSG win it. I think they've been a better team all season. I think they've been more consistent. I think they could take it. You know, uh Lyon played Bordeaux um on Friday and only won one nothing. It wasn't a super dominating game. So mm-hmm. I think
0: you and know the goal PSG, was Les Sommer's goal. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I hope PSG takes it this year. I mm-hmm. think they deserve it. I think they've been the better team. Even in we saw them in the Champions League and they were uh fantastic in the champions league they didn't make it through to the final but no but they, lost the, they, were...
0: they lost the eventual they lost the. they lost to the
1: winners so it's okay
0: <laughs> fair enough but okay uh, we move on to another league yeah take your pick on this one as well
1: um should we talk Bundesliga
0: let's go Bundesliga so the second tightest race there is a two-point difference between Wolfsburg and Bayern on top of that and they're arguably the best teams in the world as well, but they're yeah. also the two best teams in the Bundesliga. And um, my lord, so Bayern's lost one game this year, Wolfsburg's lost one game this year. The difference is a draw between these two sides. Um, I'm just gonna double check to see if they're playing each other. I don't think they are. No, no. so Wolfsburg plays Bremen and then Bayern plays Frankfurt.
1: Who's got the tougher game?
0: Oh man, and this is hard because Bremen just kind of dropped out of the men's yeah. league. <laughs> so um, I think Bayern might have their hands full with mm. with Frankfurt. I mean, I'm just looking at the positioning wise, but right. um, I think that that's the only difference I have. I, I don't think either side is much of a competition, unfortunately for for them. But um, you know, a a draw, like uh, even if Bayern come out with one point, they, they still win. It. Yeah, because that goal differential is like almost it's 23 goals right so unless Wolfsburg is going to score 23 goals against Bremen <laughs> sorry I think Bayern <laughs> takes this one I think Bayern <laughs> takes this one which is which is very different than last year's Wolfsburg that were just unfeated and, and ridiculous oh, I crazy.
1: mean we've talked about that too they've lost they've lost players as well you know they
0: lost the, the best goal scorer in the world in my opinion scorer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that also hurt them as well, you know, it maybe. Did. But it's it not a huge drop of off season.
0: between Bayern, which scares me. It's like I would have assumed maybe a, a four to six point gap, mm. but it's only two. Right. Um, so it's a lot closer. And I think Bayern needs to watch their heels next season.
1: What do you make of uh, Barcelona this season?
0: What, what? <laughs> they haven't lost the game. They, they just the game. won the Champions League. They're about to. Beat a record. They have eighty-four points. They might get to a century mark because they just can't stop. And I'm gonna stop talking about that because I don't want to jinx it. But one hundred and thirty-nine goals.
1: That's wild.
0: That's ridiculous. Wild. I feel bad for every defender in this league. And it's but not the same. Martins
1: say, running at you? You better start crying.
0: Well, I mean, Martin's absolutely wrecked Chelsea in the Champions League. So I, I, ah, uh, I. I it's ridiculous. What do you make of this league? This is just... It's a very... There's a massive gap between the best team and then the second best team.
1: I didn't realize how big of a league they had.
0: No, they're, they're at 18 teams.
1: 18 teams. Yeah. For a women's side, that's that's a big league. That's a super... Like, my league has 12.
0: They're pumping... I think they're putting money into this league.
1: And that's... I think that's super good because you don't want to see... A season like this, where Barcelona has 139 goals, they've gone 28 and 0. You know, you want to see more competitive leagues. So I that I didn't realize how many teams they had in their in their no. league. But I mean, biggest,
0: what's your biggest surprise with this league, aside from maybe the fact that they have 18 teams?
1: 18 teams. Um,
0: Look at number six. That could be a surprise.
1: Yeah, Madrid being in sixth, Sevilla being in ninth, I think is also a surprise. They're fairly a they're normally a pretty decent side. Mm-hmm. Valencia is also in eighth. Um, I mean, I'm not Sociedad. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's Barcelona, Real Madrid. I I would think it would be like Barcelona, Real, Atlético. Mm-hmm. But
0: nope, didn't happen. No, nope, didn't and happen. There, and there's a potential that Levante actually takes second. Takes yeah, takes yeah. seconds,
1: So. That, I mean, that's a bit of a surprise to me. I haven't watched too much of the women's uh, leagues other than Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, I mean, the La Liga on the women's side. Um, so I can't speak for these kind of lower table teams, but...
0: It's quite a surprise. I'm, I just want to pull up stats and see. So it isn't that there's someone running away with goals, which is kind of surprising to me. The the high school score has 15 goals.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's Esther González from Levante. Jenny has nine. Oshella has nine.
1: So how does Barcelona have one hundred thirty-nine goals and they I'm don't gonna, have a a runaway? Uh,
0: let's let's uh, pull up there. I just this is just like the the face surface stats, which I don't think yeah. are one hundred percent correct, but
1: it'll uh, give us a good idea though.
0: But it it does blow my mind that they have one hundred thirty-nine goals. Like, what is it? Uh, are we looking at own goals here? No.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Really. Like.
0: Um because if your leading goal
1: score, if your leading goal score isn't even for the team that has 139 goals, where are all these goals coming from?
0: Yeah. It's in hold on, I found a Spanish website. Let me see how good my Spanish is. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't think that was the right stat that I might have been looking at, and I apologize, but um
1: No, I'm looking at it too here on on just when you type in the, the, the leading right? goal, yeah. yeah, it shows up 139 goals for
0: leaderboard let's see if I can
1: but like, like I is think... that do you have your central defender scoring goals do you have your right back scoring goal do you have your goalkeeper scoring a goal like is that kind of what the yeah and, is and it's like think? Mertens
0: isn't a, a top goal scorer I don't know hold on there's so many different websites this is great this is why we do research one war with everybody on the air if <laughs> you think about the last couple of games but Barcelona also has three games three games in hand already too and they're Right, it's deadly. So, top goal, yeah. So, top goal So, you know, that that stat was incorrect, eh? So, here's the more correct stat, ladies and gentlemen uh, 27 goals for Gonzalez. Jenny has 24, Putellas okay. has 16. Um, you know, Cordona for Real Madrid has 12. So, like, there's goal scorers, yeah. Um, I, I don't think that stat was updated, so we do apologize for that on our end, but
1: and Google needs to get it together,
0: man. Okay, so. Barcelona, yeah. So this is what happens is your top assist makers are Henson at 15, Jenny at 12. Mertens has nine and 13 goals. So this is where their goals are coming from. Yeah. And then if you look at the leaders in assists, it's, it's Barcelona for the first five.
1: Right, which makes sense. They have... You that know, makes a little bit more sense goals. than
0: Jenny having nine goals. I don't think that was yeah. updated, but that's, <laughs> that's just a ridiculous stat. So yeah, obviously Juve. And, and I think they just go up from here. So, why don't we take one more quick break and when we come back, we'll do final thoughts.
1: Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co host Nick McVicker for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episodes available
0: every Tuesday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. 20 Minutes on Ice,
1: part of the Garage Door Sports Network. What up guys it's your host Nick McVicker and if you are looking for a weekly sports podcast to fill your sports needs you've come to the right place. Garage Door Sports hosted by myself Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji brings you all the up-to-date news notes and opinions on everything in the sporting world. If you like good conversation good friends and a lot of jokes being thrown around you've come to the right place. Don't forget to check us out on all your favorite streaming sites and we will make sure we bring you content every Saturday right here on Garage Door Sports. Um, so that does it for today. Any final thoughts before we sign off here?
0: I'm sad that Lester isn't in a top four <laughs> position.
1: We were talking about this off air just for anybody listening. <laughs> he pulled up the the standings because today's the final day for the EPL games and he goes oh I'm sad that Leicester lost their spot <laughs> it but
0: was no, ridiculous I agree no yeah, that was sad I, I was really rooting for them to finish in the top four and then have Chelsea drop into fifth and then actually if they won the Champions League then we would have had five English squads um make it into the Champions League and I think that would have sort of been ideal not that Chelsea winning the Champions League is ideal for United right. <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, super sad about that. Great season for Brendan Rodgers and Leicester. I think they are a striker, a midfielder, and a defender away from being, yeah. being a, a consistently top four side. Um, You can tell. I think they need coverage for Johnny Evans. They need coverage in the midfield for Lemon's and Nindidi. And they need someone that can score that's not in Indianacho or Vardy. Um, right. Hey, Harry Kane, go to Leicester. You'll have fun. Hey,
1: Harry Kane that's what we talk about where's hurricane going lester lester's your next big move <laughs>
0: yeah and, it, and and you go for free because daniel levy can make money off of something else
1: yeah they'll just they'll just bring you in it's okay just
0: yeah. go <laughs> uh what about you final thoughts as your season wraps up as um as we head into warmer months
1: um as always watch women's sports um you know, yeah, we're at the end of our season here too. So I'm looking forward to the off season. And I think a lot of players in general are looking forward to the off season. It's been a very difficult season because of COVID for everybody, you know, men's, women's whatnot, you know, not having fans and things like that. So hopefully, you know, next season we can have fans again and, you know, share our enjoyment for for sports and for soccer and for, for those things and yeah, that's all I got. Just keep supporting your teams, you know, and the players, because this is such a difficult time for everybody. So.
0: Yep. We saw what fans can do and change the the approach of the game. We've seen it in, in various different stadiums this season. So I want to see it in the women's game. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a like or leave a rating. You can follow us on Twitter at TouchlineTH, pages at Culver underscore page and myself at Irfan Manji.
1: Also, don't forget to follow our network at Garage Door Sports, or check out GarageDoorSports.com and follow our segment sponsor Shenzi Shack, on Instagram to place an order or to see their menu.
0: Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next match day. Cheers.